0: Hi, I'm William Poger and welcome to the Audio Games Buffet, a show that has a little bit of everything from interviews with developers to demonstrations of audio games. So please sit back and enjoy the show. If you'd like to be part of my live audience, that's no problem. If you're on Clubhouse, head over to my club page and check out the event's schedule. I try to do one at least once a month, if not more, depending on time. You can also follow me on Twitter at William94089955. You can also leave me a voice message within the Anchor app itself. And if you'd like to donate to the show, you can do that by following the link in the show notes of this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Audio Games Buffet. Today, we have a special guest with us. His name is Aaron Spelker. He is a fellow audio game influencer, um, shall we say. And he does kind of what I do in a sense. He um, tries to get, um, you know, audio gaming out there in the community, you know, um, interviews developers and so forth like that. Aaron, would you say that's an accurate description?
1: Yeah, I, um, I I cover all things around mobile accessible gaming. Uh, so not just audio games, but you know text based games that are accessible using uh, voiceover. And besides providing long form game reviews, I'll interview game developers and accessibility influencers just about the state of accessible gaming. Could
0: you tell us a little bit
1: about yourself?
0: Uh, you know, for example, how you came to get introduced to uh, the concept of audio games.
1: Yeah, I. Um, so i am an individual uh in my kind of late 40s now um but about three years ago i had an accident where i lost my sight and being a before that being a long-term uh enjoyer of video games as kind of a distraction and you know fun thing to do during my downtime um, a few months after losing my sight i said you know what games are out there and available for a blind person to play so I kind of started, you know, searching the internet, and uh, I really wasn't finding too many games. Or if I found a list, it wasn't really telling me much about what each game was. And I found it really frustrating um, that there wasn't really a resource for, um, you know, blind people and games. I, I just kind of expected to go and say, "What games can a blind person play?" and there would be a list of a hundred different games. Um, and it just really wasn't. Um, Something available like that, so I decided to start reviewing games and sharing those with uh, you know different blind Facebook groups that I uh, you know was uh, you know a community member of, and uh, ultimately I decided to start mobile accessible games, which was a dedicated Facebook group where I would I post all those reviews and do all those interviews that we were talking about, and so now we're up to uh 111 games that have been reviewed and have a a long form uh, game review telling you all about the game as well as its accessibility
0: that's interesting in a sense because uh, like for you it sounds like you just started out with mobile accessible games whereas when i started playing audio games in 2007 um i started with the pc games um for for me since i was born blind um my my brother and sister would always used to play you know the um Video games from the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'd want to, you know, I'd want to jump in and play along too. And the only thing I really managed to do was, you know, kill their characters. <laughs> um, so they didn't really, you know, they didn't really like it when I played too much, which, you know, is kind of understandable when I look back on it now. Um, but I, you know, I started uh, on just looking at PC games. Um, and I'm, I find myself going back to some old favorites. There's actually, um, you know, a baseball game that's extremely realistic. Um, it was made for the PC back in, um, it's either between 2009 or 2011. Um, the developer has since, has really released it as freeware um, some time ago. Um, but actually, uh, you know, I was willing to, and I was, you know, ready to pay for the game because I thought it was still paid. Um, but then I got into, when I got my first iPhone, uh, that's when my love of, uh, mobile accessible games really took off. Um, you know, I was just thinking to myself, well, you know, if I could have, you know, games in the palm of my hand, that's kind of an advantage rather than just having them on the PC. I mean, uh, things happen to PCs, um, you know, things happen to phones too, but it's just nice when you're, when you're in a waiting room or you're. Um, just kind of sitting on the couch having coffee and you want to pick up your phone and play a game um i think those definitely you know come in handy and um um definitely have their place have you have you looked at pc games at all or are you strictly a a mobile mobile gamer where you know even if you had the choice to play an audio game on a pc you'd probably stick with the mobile platform
1: no i i i'm interested in doing pc so when when i first started you know uh, three years ago, suddenly go blind. And uh, it was kind of like, well, what do I gravitate towards? And I actually, you know, first started the PC. But PC gaming is, you know, even when you're sighted, it's kind of complex. You got to download things and then updates and mods. And, you know, it's just it's, it's not the easiest plug and play. And being newly blind, I wasn't really very good at the computer uh, in those uh, opening months. Like I had just gone JAWS. I was you know barely getting around. Um, I have a lot more confidence and and ability now, uh, three years in, but, uh, so not being very confident in the computer. I said, well, I'm pretty confident on the phone and I figured out this whole voiceover thing and that seems pretty easy. So going to the, you know, different apps on the phone, um, and seeing a wide variety of games that were available on the phone, not just audio games, but text games and RPGs and first person shooters. I mean, there's just a whole wide variety of, of genres that are available, um, it, it seemed like the easiest plug-and-play situation. Um, I had also been a big console gamer, you know, a, a big PlayStation person, had owned all the PlayStations up to the PlayStation 4, and I sat down with uh, The Last of Us Part 2 and started playing that a- after being blind. And while I could marvel at the, you know, technology advancement and, you know, the different features that of accessibility it had, what I really missed of it was the joy. Like I felt very disconnected from what was going on. It was more of a frustration to me than a fun gaming experience. Um, and so I kind of said, maybe the console's not for me either. So I, I kind of you know quickly turned away from the console. Then I went to PC, said uh, PC is just too hard and frustrating. I don't know the PC well enough. And then I uh, went to the uh, iPhone after that and, and you know started you know, very quickly being able to play, uh, you know, several different types of games. So I, I said, "All right, this is enjoyable. I'm going to stick with this."
0: Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's like, um, you no, know, that's like me too. I, I don't know how I'd feel about playing a game on an Xbox or you know, uh, one of those um, console gaming systems. I'm, you know, I'm used to the phone and the PC, So I'd probably, you know, I would try something out on the Xbox if I ever got the chance. But I think I would, you know, stick more toward um, you know, gaming on, you know, one of those two devices, um, or, or both. Um, do you have any, um, favorite mobile accessible games? Mine is, uh, I'll give you an example. Mine is, I love Swordy quest. Um, mm-hmm. BC 4,000 is another good one. Um, although I have to say that it's, it's complex. So you really have to have patience with it. Um, you build up, a, you know, you build up a civilization, you have an army, you have an air force, uh, you know, all that. Um, and um, you know, so I, I like that one, and um, I like I like a lot of them. I think I just said Swordy Quest um, too. Yeah, that's a good um, one. But uh, do you have any? And Dice World, I I really have to include Dice World in there.
2: Yeah, um, I um,
1: I have quite a few. It's, it's kind of interesting when you start playing games to review them. You can't stay on a game too long because you got to move to the next game to review it for the community. Um so uh, you know I I played some of the ones I've played longer uh, than others uh Swordy Quest I played that I, I really enjoyed watching the evolution of that game because I got in it very early on and kind of saw all of the things that um Charlie Seligman added to the game and the accessibility that you know he really worked hard to include so uh, I really am quite impressed with that game um and it's an enjoyable RPG uh, if you enjoy RPGs um I just played you know if you're talking about you know, audio type of games. Um, I just played evidence, uh, 111, which is kind of a, um, murder mystery type of game, um, where you kind of make different selections and options to change the story. And it has really exceptional voice acting that goes through it. Um, right now I've been playing for months, a game called lost fault, which is kind of, um, you know, the RPG type of base you're kind of building up your character, fighting monsters, changing out your gear and your loot. Um, and I, I've reviewed that a long time ago, but I'm still playing it each day. So, um, you know, that one sticks with me. Um, for those who like sports, uh, one of my favorite sports games on the, uh, the phone and very accessible and, you know, great depth to it is called football chairman pro, which is a um, soccer management game where you, you know, take a, Uh, soccer team in England, you know, in the beer leagues and try to bring them all up all the way up through the premier championship league. Um, And uh, that that's just a lot of fun uh, to play that game and develop your players and play the games and stuff like that. Uh, So that's, you know, quite a a few ones. But like I said, that when I was cited, I would be the person who would download, you know, fallout three and uh, or, you know, buy fallout three and play nothing but fallout three for a year. You know, and, and just really wow. dive into one game and just play that, you know, whenever I was playing. Um, I was not a divided attention type of person uh, when, with my gaming. And I would pick, you know, big open world RPG type of games, you know, the Fallouts, the Skyrims, the, the, the um, Witcher, you know, those, those type of games. Um, and just exclusively play one uh, and really dive into it. I find that uh, again, I think it, it's kind of a change to how I play because I'm reviewing. Right now, I have four games that I'm playing uh, because I'm, you know, advancing each one a little bit forward uh, to then be able to get the full scope and be able to f- write four reviews, you know, in a timely basis. You know, I can't just concentrate on one because then I would, you know, have uh, you know, I, I put out a release of a review every Sunday. Uh, if I only played one game at a time, I wouldn't have a, a review uh, available in time. You know, I'd, I'd run out of the week, you know, because something like, you know, Sporty Quest or BC 4000, it takes longer than a week to play that game. You know, it probably takes, you know, a couple months to play that game and really see all the features and, you know, be able to really write a, a effective review about it. So I have to have multiple games, particularly when I'm playing something like a Sporty Quest. I have, to have some other games I'm playing that I can get out in a quicker turnaround time.
0: Um, very, very, very interesting that you mentioned um, football chairman pro. Um, I love that game. I have it. I've actually done an episode, a podcast episode on it. Um, another one is called uh, soccer boss, which when you play it, it's in landscape mode, um, but it's it really gets into the coaching aspects um, of the game. You're not just running the the business end of it and watching your team from afar. You're actually um, making decisions who to put in uh, for, you know, playing that week. Um, you know, how do you manage injury reports? Um, you have to make those key decisions. Um, yeah. if, you're, if you're not doing a good job, um, you know, the board can uh, fire you and then you have to move on to a new team. Um, there's a budget you have to contend with, uh, in-game uh, budget, of course, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a budget you have to contend with and you have to not go over it um, you buy and sell players. Um, and, um, so it really gets into the nitty gritty of, um, coaching. Um, I will admit that early on, I just went ahead and purchased all purchase options in the game, uh, particularly because I wanted the, um, there's like a, a option you can pick where they can't ever fire you. Mm-hmm. So you can go completely nuts, uh, with the spending. You can overspend by millions um and nothing will happen to you they'll complain but that's about it um but uh, this is all in game so it's not real money um you know thank goodness um
1: um, you know that's that's some things that i do again when you're playing a game to review it like i'll do stuff like that To all right let me just pay so i have everything open right now and i don't have to earn it just because i want to see what it is so i can review it you know I'll understand how you need to earn it, but I might not go through that step at first um, to get a feel for the game and then kind of go back and do it without those advantages after I've uh, you know, gotten the feel, seen all the features so that now as I play through, it allows me to write a more in-depth write-up because I know what I'm moving towards and how to get there, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And let's go to what evidence 111 here because I think it's important to mention that they actually just won the Golden Apple Awards on oh, yeah, uh, Apple. I saw that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is great. Um, the, the voice acting uh, in that game is is quite exceptional. Um, they they have people from you know like The Wheel of Time and you know like real voice actors. It's not like your friend doing your voice acting for you. Um, they managed to get some really high quality names to do their voice acting. So, um, really, really impressed with that. Um, you know there's there's some other games that i I thought were interesting to you know maybe include i know um i think to the dragon cave was up uh potentially for a lot of those rewards awards um that was a great first person shooter blind female protagonist um you know i think that's definitely to be considered as well i think it that game in particular i think advanced accessibility gameplay a little more i mean evidence uh 111 is you know it's a a text or or kind of more voice choose your own adventure Um, you know it's been done before they just kind of did it better with better acting and a little bit better story but i'm not sure how much they advanced the technology aspect of uh you know game accessibility you know what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah i i think they just they just took a system that that you know already is working and and they expanded on it um which i have to be honest uh playing that game um i felt like i was you know starring in a movie that's how good the the sounds and the acting was
1: yes yes it was very good very good sound quality you know i was talking to i interviewed them um for my um uh group, which again, uh, it, it's, it's called Mobile Accessible Games. It's on Facebook. Uh, we have a Twitter account where we do accessibility news. And then there's a, a YouTube channel, which is just under my name, Aaron Spelker, where I have all the uh, interviews with the game developers. And I interviewed uh, the, the team from Evidence 111. And you know they indicated they had kind of multiple tracks. You know, they have like you know, five or six audio tracks that are going. You know that you know have the voice of the main character voice of other characters ambient sounds the walking you know when people are walking uh you know the sound of what's underneath your feet you know the the, all these different components that are going through on uh you know these multiple recorded tracks um which i thought was really interesting and and shows the depth and quality that they were putting into it
0: Uh, absolutely absolutely um so just um as a you know fellow gamer and a fellow influencer, where would you like to see um, you know mobile gaming be you know in the future? What's your ideal um, you know what is your you know ideal place that you'd like to see mobile accessible games go? Um, and what do you think um, what do you think you know developers could improve on as far as mobile gaming? So I guess it's like one and the same question.
2: Yeah. There, there's kind of
1: a few different things and, and some of it's already being done uh, where you have um, better sound quality that is going on. So evidence 111 is a great version of, you know, great sound quality. Uh, a blind drive had really exceptional sound quality uh, where you can really picture what was going on in, in multi layers of, of sound that you're continuing with. Um, you have a dust like story, uh, which is kind of creating a, 3D audio world that you're operating in and also had a very interesting story. So that that sound quality aspect to make it possible for 3D world gaming for the blind, um, I think is um, really interesting. And that's that's kind of the part that I'm excited about to see how that further advance, advances um, to really create um, the ability to do open world gaming, which has been something that's been, you know, not... Uh, to explore it up to this point, because it really hasn't had the sound quality aspect uh, to be able to do it. Um, There's also, you know, genres that are being explored more now. So you have uh, the the first person shooter, which, again, you know, there's people who've, you know, blind people who've played first person shooting games. You know, there's some blind guy on Call of Duty who has 10,000 kills. Uh, uh, But, you know, he's really kind of hacking the system to be able to do it. Um, It's not it's not designed for him um to the dragon cave you know is a first person shooter designed for the blind to be able to do it um uh circus masters revenge you know a little bit older game but again kind of designed for uh first person shooting concepts for the blind and uh, i would like to see more of those you know different type of genres be explored um to make it so that you know what everybody else plays uh, you know we can play as well then there's kind of Games that I just, you know, I don't understand why we don't have more of these, um, you know, like a simple uh, turn-based, uh, grid-based um, battle game. You know, uh, I just don't understand, you know, anything that can be kind of paused where we can take our time to search the elements on the screen and understand where things are located and, you know, what people's health are at or what, are you know, you know, be able to take the time to engage our menu or, or our inventory. Um You know, I just don't understand why some of those games, you know, aren't already accessible to us. And um, I hope that people with the popularity of accessibility and, you know, how much is being talked about and, you know, featured awards about it, that people start thinking about, um, oh, well, you know, oh, I can add accessibility to this. Let me take the time and actually do that so that, you know, a whole bunch more games become available to us that really should be, but, you know, aren't because no one's taken the time to Make them accessible at this point
0: right what's your view on uh sports games for the mobile platform like i did uh mentioned a little while ago that um there's a baseball game for the um for the the pc that i that i found that's very realistic um i mean you can play all 163 games of a season um and so what what's your thoughts on um sports you know sports games uh for the mobile platforms what would what would you like to see
2: yeah, I mean, most
1: of them, you know, seem to primarily either fall into a, more like sports management. You know, you're the coach, uh, you're the, the the team owner, uh, which is great and interesting. I very much enjoy those games. The ones that are like, you know, you are actually trying to sh- kick the ball into the goal. Those are kind of more simple uh, kid games, I, I would say. Um, as you, as I was kind of talking about games that just I get very frustrated. Why is this not accessible? There is an amazing um pc-based uh uh, baseball game called out of the park baseball which i loved uh when i was cited and you can kind of um, run historical leagues like you can you know pick yourself as the 1901 red Sox uh, or whatever they're called back then and and play that team all throughout history or you can you know create your own leagues and you know manage all your players and you know have um you know, all the different stats of baseball, which there's, you know, so many different stats that you can look at for each player. Um, and, you know, you're buying and trading, you're building up your stadium, you're deciding your concession prices, you're deciding you know how big is your stadium, um, you know, just all these different features to it. And it's just, you know, tables of data for the most part. And, you know, all you have to do is be able to be, you know, you know, on the iPhone, you know, double tap this. Uh, character and, uh, you know, swipe to, you know, remove or, you know, uh, pick our menu to select what player you want to, you know, of your available shortstops that you want to replace that person with. I mean, it should not be that difficult to make that an accessible game. Um, And on the computer, it is not accessible. And I've reached out to them and, you know, asked them about accessibility and they have no plans to make it accessible. Um, They have made a mobile version called uh, out of the uh, OOTP o- o- Go, which it stands for out of the Park Baseball Go, which is kind of their mobile version. Um, I was hoping when that hit uh, the App Store that that would be accessible, but it is also just not accessible. And that's just frustrating because that is just a table of data. Um, and you know we were talking about uh, Football Chairman Pro. I mean Football Chairman Pro is basically the soccer version of that baseball game, and they do it and they make it work. Uh, so why can't uh, other game developers make it work? So, you know, that's what I was kind of talking about before, where I'd like to see the industry go, is there are games that just should be accessible. It's not even conceptually hard to make it accessible, yet the time and effort has not been put in to make it accessible. Um, and so that makes, you know, whole swaths of games and genres just not really available to us. Um, I have to say, you know, that
0: I, I agree with you. That That's a shame, especially when, you know somebody from the blind community writes to a developer and says hey would you would you consider uh, making this accessible um you know here's what i use for my technology you know as a developer i would think that you know they'd want to say hey we we can tap into uh we can tap into a, um, a you know a new community and and go the extra mile and and let's look at how to implement voiceover let's look at how to implement this and that and you know, um, it's just either they don't have the staff to look into it or they just plain
1: don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, that, you know, and that's the most frustrating one of all the sports games, of all of them. Baseball is, has probably the biggest blind community because it is a game that you can understand what is occurring and for so long was just solely featured uh, uh, on the radio that you know people listen to it on the radio, a baseball game. They didn't go to the baseball game and didn't see it on TV. Um, and so that is a game that you can really um, connect with, even if you don't visually see it. And so there is a large blind community that follows baseball. So it's not even like, oh, there's not really a demographic here of all the sports games that's the sports uh, genre that has an actual community of blind people who you know engage in it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, but I think at the same point in time, I think it's important to point out that us as a blind community, when we um, when we approach a developer who may not have thought of implementing voiceover support uh, for uh, the blind community, I think it's important that we, we approach them with, hi, my name is so-and-so, um, I'd love to play your game. Um, I'm blind and visually impaired. I use this screen reader, that screen reader. Um, I think it's important to give them as much detail as possible because they may not be you know, aware of, of accessibility. I've, I've been on forums where visually impaired people have sent the developer an email and has said, make this game accessible. Why isn't it accessible? Like um, just coming that, at them, at the developer from an attacking standpoint. And I think that, that um, you know, us as a blind community need to take the time to, to you know, um, really introduce ourselves, what we use for options as far as getting around on the phone and saying, hey, you know, would you be willing to Uh, Make this or that game accessible. Here's what I do. Here's what I use and and try to help the developer out because because they they may.
1: Yeah, you you always want to lead with respect and education. Um, I have found particularly the most success that I've had is smaller indie type of games, because usually when you reach out to support the person who answers and reads that support email is the person who actually coded and created that game. Um, you know, a larger game, uh, larger franchises. I feel like you're getting to somebody who you know, probably doesn't even know or, uh, you know, oh, it, I looked it up. We don't have accessibility. Sorry, we don't have accessibility, but they're, they're not really raising it to well, should we have accessibility and right. you, you know, they're not the decision makers. So um, definitely if it's a smaller game, I really highly recommend that people reach out because I think you're gonna really get to the decision maker and you'll have a much better opportunity and chance to see some changes in that game.
3: And if I can stick in, just get in here for a second. I think if the person who reaches out is able to give them an example of the coding and what it looks like for the sighted person and what it looks like for somebody who uses a screen reader, and to be able to, to explain to them to say this is the code, but for me that's what it reads. It doesn't read, you know, uh, fast forward or re- re- uh, review or rewind or yeah. you know whatever. And yeah, just They says, will that. Right.
1: They just a button one. Yeah.
3: Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's a very good point, Ann. That's a, actually a very good point. Thank you. Um, so with that, uh, do you have time for some questions? Sure. Um, and do you have any additional thoughts or questions to add?
3: Um, no, I, I love where this conversation is going, though. I think having us as the blind community kind of reaching out to the developers in a friendly, non-threatening way um, is, is the way it's going to have to happen you know, with examples, because they're not going to understand it, most likely. No. Um, yeah, so. and,
1: I, and I think the, again, I think you're going to have more success now, because with, you know, the Last of Us and the, 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 you know, the God of War accessibility, it's just, it's being talked about a lot more. So now, now, I think if you bring up accessibility, people will be like, oh yeah, you know, that's, people want that, and they're getting great praise for it, so maybe we should take a little time and, and try to incorporate that into our game. I think this is a, a nice um, sweet spot of time to reach out and, you know, try to get those games that you want to play that aren't accessible, um, you know, get some attention by the developers.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. William, I have turned hand raising on. So. Okay. Um, let's see if we have
0: And, Aaron, where can people find you if they want to check you out or follow what you're doing in your group? Yeah, sure.
3: Um, Uh, Oh, Aaron, sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, so
1: it's kind of three places. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, The group is called Mobile Accessible Games. There's about 1,700 blind gamers that are part of that group. And uh, at that, every Sunday, I release a long-form game review of an accessible mobile game to play uh, on your mobile device. Um, Usually every Wednesday, I release an interview that I have done with a game developer or an accessibility influencer. Uh, On Twitter, I'm also under mobile accessible games. And uh, that's more kind of like accessibility news, you know, as I... uh, kind of curate other accessibility updates and information or game releases i will kind of retweet those out on twitter so that's kind of more like a a general news feed and then if you just are interested in the interviews that i do that is on youtube Um, it's under my name aaron spelker and it has about 30 right now, uh, interviews with different game developers and accessibility influencers, you know, all around mobile gaming. So the game developers, you know, they're telling us, you know, how they got into gaming, how they learned about accessibility, you know, how they incorporated accessibility, and then um, accessibility influencers, uh, you know, it's people who play games, uh, you know, do walkthroughs, or they might be people who are advocates around accessibility. So we talk to them all about, the state of uh, accessible gaming. And uh, you were one of my guests uh, a couple months ago. So you yes i was well I enjoyed it those.
0: very much. Okay and do we have anyone?
3: Yes we do. Uh uh this, the name is Druid Druid welcome.
0: is he is he on mute did he make
3: no nope, he didn't make it you know sometimes i'm not sure okay now it, hello. I, he must hello, hello. Yeah.
2: yeah it's you know clubhouse and you're trying to find the right button et cetera.
3: right oh yes
2: uh, um Hi guys, um, really great uh, information. Um, one of the things that I think that should really be happening and, and we've seen this with Microsoft with their accessible controllers, uh, the efforts from the industry to promote this, I think is, is lacking overall. And I think they, they too have a responsibility to uh, reach out to these developers uh, at the PC level or uh, in, in the Apple environment to encourage uh, them to produce games that are accessible, and uh, I, I really think that's something that's that's missing. Um, because I know a lot of people that they do write into the developer and they do express um, their issues, etc. But uh, if if the industry themselves um, made this a cornerstone as well, I think it would go a long way to to uh, making these games more accessible and advancing them to to the degree that you were just talking about. Um, one of the games that I was playing on one of my, my smart speaker was called Six Swords and it was exactly that. You, you move left or north, east, west, south uh, uh, on this grid map and it was extensive. Uh, they had portals, all kinds of uh, really great um, features. Um, there were some bugs in it, no doubt, but uh, I found it uh, incredibly entertaining.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, do we get the, you know, the industry itself to kind of self-regulate itself and and self, you know, add accessibility in, um, or do you kind of go down the route of trying to get regulations of, you know, if you're going to release a game, you also have to have at least this bare minimum of accessibility and kind of have, uh, you you know, governmental regulation. I think you know the governmental regulation has been focused more on not an entertainment side of things but you know on actual you know i need to be able to access websites and and function in this technology world um and it's left the and even carved out gaming from the requirement of round accessibility uh at this point um and it's kind of you know, sometimes regulation is good and that it forces people to actually pay attention and do it. But it also sometimes forces people to just do the bare minimum to pass the regulation and not really push further than that. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe a mix of that. But um, I, I definitely feel like, you know, I'm hoping this trend that we are seeing now with the attention that's been paid to it uh, by you know a lot of AAA game developers really keeps carrying forward and we keep seeing more of it and it doesn't fizzle out and, you know, people move on to, you know, some other,
2: you know, you know, thing of the day. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I guess it might take some litigation. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, but I also don't know what the, you know, you know, there's some games, you know, you know, let's take, you know, something like fallout, you know, how do you make that game really accessible, you know, you know, so are certain types of games have to be accessible and other ones, you know, are, are not as much. You know, it's it's very murky. So um, my hope is just people take the time to really kind of consider, can I make mine uh, accessible? And I think um, what Last of Us Part Two has done in, in particular is it's shown, you know, a game that you thought in the past, there's no way this could be accessible. They have found a way to, um, you know, make it accessible. Um, the other thing I think they have to kind of figure out uh, potentially is how do you also make it enjoyable? Uh, You you know, again, I found it more just kind of frustrating and a world that I was not really connected to. Um, My hope there is with some of the advancements in audio description, starting to make it into games, you know, kind of cutscenes for now. But hopefully actually in the middle of in-game play where maybe you can, you know, double tap, you know, the X button. On your controller and it'll kind of give you a brief audio description about where you're standing and what's in front of you and you know what's behind you you know might help connect you to that world more so um you know we've kind of taken that first step of you know set um cuts cut scenes with audio description in there but you know how do they now bring that into in-game and i think that'll really You know if they add in-game description to last of us part two i think i would definitely go back to it because again i just wasn't feeling connected to the world it was just a lot of beeping and you know you know just again i wasn't getting a feel of where am i exactly what am i looking at what am i walking through um and i think that audio description is another one of those you know going back to what i hope to see i hope audio description makes it more into these triple-a games to make them more engaging and more connected
2: I have an additional question if i may and then i'll yep. land um i've run into um some games on my iphone that have direct touch and i really yes. don't know how that works and really i mean uh, i i can i can answer that
0: for you um for sure. so if you use the rotor do you know how to use the rotor yeah yeah so um what you want to do is you know swipe or use the rotor um until you get to uh, direct touch and then once you get there, swipe down with one finger, and it should turn it on. And then it should remain uh, on for that game.
2: Okay, great. Thank um, you.
1: Yeah, but you know, William, maybe you can tell me. I have, you know, I know the rotor. I have done that on games, and it still doesn't seem to do anything on several games um, for me. Um, I, pretty much as soon as I start hearing direct touch, I get very, you know, like, oh, this is probably I not going to work this. for me yeah nervous um i think it depends
0: but... on what type of game it is i have run into that before um like with with coin master for example which which is a game that when my wife plays and i'd love to play it um direct touch doesn't do anything right uh matter of fact it makes things worse so
2: what game are you trying to do it with um the uh, it was an old, uh, an older game that it was craft uh, works or something like that. Um, crafting kingdom. That's what it was. Crafting. crafting kingdom, kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And I was using that for a while. Actually, it went right through it. I got to the end of it, but I was just curious as to uh, whether it had updated. And then I, I, when I did go on it, um, it was all about direct touch and it just never seemed to function. So yeah. know, when I see that, I kind of like go, oh no, oh well, I'll find something else. Let
0: me, um, let me do some research into that for you. Um, uh, you can uh, message me on clubhouse. So I have, uh, have your, uh, handle, but I'll, I'll look into that. And I'll, and if I find an answer, um, I will, uh, message you with that information.